This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. While this has been quite another bad week for Governor McKee, his own doing, uh, what has just been a brutal meltdown month, it's interesting for me to watch that the McKee administration, that they're continuing to try to just kind of... you know, go ahead almost, like business as usual. And he's doing all these different types of events and, and they're still trying to do ribbon cutting um, in, in various things like that. But the fact of the matter is it's there's just nothing um, productive really being done. And what continues to come out from... What has really been almost on trial is the McKee administration, how incompetent they are, how it is totally a pay-for-play operation. There's just no other way to look at it. Um, Who shows up, you know, just everything, and it's kind of what we thought. Everything's about raising money. You can't get a straight answer on things. This whole business of, you know, he shows up at a lunch and he doesn't even know who's going to be there. I mean, is there anyone that actually believes that? And and just to be in, involved with, Jeff Britt is is like high level, like Rhode Island loyal uh, royalty of sleaze. This is the last type of person that Governor McKee should be spending time with. And then they're surprised when the whole thing kind of blows up a little bit. Let's hear the latest now. Governor McKee trying to explain uh, things the, away. I was asked by uh, Mr. Britt to have lunch with him, and I did. Now, if I knew I was talking about state business, I would have had somebody from our office there. So as far as I'm concerned, if, if Mr. Britt paid for the lunch, he paid for his guests. And uh, my lunch, I don't even think it totaled up to 25 bucks, maybe 30 bucks, whatever the number was. If, I, if Jeff wants the money back, I'll give him the money back. But I can tell you right now that that lunch was not a planned lunch to meet with Scout. Okay, so when I walk in, that lunch was a, a private lunch that uh, Jeff brought uh, people from Scout at. So, again, I'm not going to negotiate in the newspapers or in the media on an important project we're not walking away, as I said uh, the other day, uh, from so from the uh, from the armory, and we're trying to figure out a way to kind of come to some conclusion there that works for the people that live in the area and the taxpayers of the state of Rhode Island. You know, I'm not going to negotiate in the media. You're you're walking into a business luncheon with your lobbyist, and they they brought checks with them, so. What the governor is saying, this whole thing, it's its always he's Sergeant Schultz. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't read it. Now the governor's saying that he still thinks the soccer stadium is on. This is like, what is happening? Who's in charge? This is a, a level of incompetence that it's, it's hard to actually wrap your arms around of just how inefficient they are and no one believes anything that he's saying listen the 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 people from you know scout they they show up to the lunch and they have their checks with them what does that tell you (laughs) oh do you want to have you let's discuss business whether or not we're going to give you the 50 million first checks money up front i mean this is just beyond the pale and, and the governor, hey, this this is the people he has around him, Governor McKee. He has no one to blame but himself. He's always looking to blame other people. That's one thing, as Dan McGowan called, the full McKee. 
he's always, he's the scarecrow, always pointing fingers. Governor McKee held a press briefing last week. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, he, he never mentioned the fact that he had had lunch with these people. Now, granted, also no one asked him, and that's too bad. No one asked him, have you ever met the individuals from Scout, these people in Philadelphia? Um, have you ever met with them? Have you ever ha have you have they donated to your campaign? Wasn't he just elected? I mean, this is just all right. Here's the um, I believe the Channel Ten version of this whole thing. The lobbyists are paid for the lunch. He has his own version of events, to say the least. I mean, th this is uh, Governor McKee. Th th this, but listen, I'm not surprised. And it's not going to get better because this is who he is. So, all right. Uh, here we go. As far as the, uh... oh, hold on. Here we go. Armory involvement goes. There seem to be some ethical questions raised now about you having uh, breakfast some months before this March trip. Um, who paid for this breakfast? The fact that you had your campaign finance uh, person there with you. I mean, was, what was that about? So first, let's talk about um, that we're not going to negotiate with Scout in the newspapers on an important project like this, as it appears as though they're trying to do. That's a talking point. Uh, i got to make sure that the taxpayers are assured that whatever we do at the Armory, whatever we spend, is going to be in their best interest and the overall best interest of the state. So that's the first thing. The second one, let's clarify the lunch. Um, I was not expecting to see Scout at that lunch. Uh, the I was asked by uh, Mr. Britt to have lunch with him, and I did. Now, if I knew I was talking about state business, I would have had somebody from our office there. All right, let's stop it. What, what, what do you think you're going to be discussing with him? If I thought we were going to be discussing state business. Folks, the, the guy, Governor McKee, is... He's just such a terrible. His the they develop talking points, and then he just continues to recite them. But if you're the governor of the state, it it is at the very least, when you talk about things you can control, anyone in business, you have to be able to control your time. There are things you can control, things you can't control. You can control who you're meeting with. You can control who you're having lunch with. And this whole business, if I thought we were going to be discussing state business, n none of it holds up. As opposed to what? Governor McKee, every time you're being invited by a lobbyist or someone else, wh what do you think they're there to discuss? It's always about state business. But the fact of the matter is these people showed up with campaign checks. I didn't know they were going to be there. I didn't know we were going to be discussing state business. Okay, let's play that out. What did you think you were going to be discussing? Why else? Do you think someone just wants to buy you lunch? It's absolutely moronic. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top legal attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, the 
Maya Brophy Behrman uh, trial has begun, and Judge Krause um, is not allowing any video footage, uh, no cameras at all, allowed inside the courtroom. Now, granted, there was some pretty rough uh, Providence police body cam footage that was shown of the police arriving the night that she was shot and killed. And they also believe there's going to be some, well, there is going to be some testimony from some witnesses that apparently are in uh, witness protection. But if you could just touch on, now granted, this is a very seasoned judge. His um, reputation speaks for itself. He's had some, he has a lot of these types of cases, and especially guns cases. But uh, if you could just touch on this decision, because I, I, I'll also come back on, I, the family kind of reacted to it in a certain way that it may surprise people. But just your first reaction to hearing that. Yeah, well, your comments, John, about um, Judge Krause are accurate. He's been a judge for a long time. He is a no-nonsense judge. Um, he'll give you a good trial. If, if you can't work out a disposition and you're the defendant um, and you can't work out a deal and you go to trial and you lose, uh, many times you won't be happy with the outcome because as a sentencing ju- judge, he's very tough. My understanding in this case, um, there was no offer made by the prosecution. You know, in most cases, you'll offer the defendant an opportunity to plead to, you know, a lesser charge, for instance. In this case, I understand that there was no negotiation, that the AG never offered this guy a plea deal. I think they're so intent on just trying him and getting a conviction in part based upon the tragic uh, nature of this case and the tragic uh, loss of life of this young lady who had nothing but a bright future and was just um, shot in error. These guys allegedly were looking for someone who they wanted to take retro. They came upon her and her boyfriend. They started shooting and hit her who had nothing to do with anything that these guys were involved in. As far as the judge um, not allowing cameras in the courtroom, it's the courts. It's the judge's discretion as to whether or not to allow cameras in the courtroom. And I don't recall judge Krause ever allowing cameras in the courtroom. If I was a judge, I think I'd be reluctant to allow cameras in the courtroom, uh, you know, unless there was some sort of unique set of circumstances. This is a highly charged case. It's very emotional. Um, Obviously, um, the young lady and her family and her boyfriend um, are at, at court. The boyfriend testified about the horrific circumstances of what happened. His 911 call. Yeah. Um, there's just a sad tragedy here. Um, the two um, guys in the car, one's being uh, prosecuted now, one will be prosecuted separately a few months from now. Um, you know, there's going to be a question of who was the shooter, um, things of that nature. But these guys had a ghost gun. Um, it took a long time to figure out who they were. Apparently, they were identified by one of their associates who, under a set of circumstances, came forward and said, these are the guys that did this. Now, the person who came forward to say, these are the guys that did this, um, are they going to be deemed credible by a jury? Or will the defense be able to say that the, the, the person who made the identification was looking to save their own skin um, in giving these guys up in exchange for what criminal exposure the person might have been uh, involved in. So when someone comes forward and says, I know that these two guys did it, there's always going to be a question of motivation. Um, what was their, were they induced in any way to provide this information? Um, that all will come out during the course of this trial. There's also I think the defense will try to make a specter of the fact that perhaps the person coming forward to make the ID um, was trying to collect reward money 
I, to my understanding, no one has ever made claim to that. So that's going to, I think, be a specious argument. I'm not even sure if that type of testimony or evidence would get in before this jury. But, you know, certainly members of the media would like this to be um, have a video um, to stream this from the courtroom. Right. It's, it's certainly a case that has a lot of interest amongst the public. Um, it's a case that's received a lot of pretrial attention, mostly because of the tragic circumstances of the young lady um, getting killed by mistake. Yeah. Um, horrific, just horrific. But I, John, I think if I was the judge, I'd be doing the same thing. And I know members of the media are um, understandably upset. They'd like to get this thing on TV. Yeah. Um, and as a result of that, they're, they're actually not covering it. Um, that's what I was going to mention. I even was, you know, speaking with the mother of Maya Brophy Bayerman in, she was even, I won't say surprised, but kind of a little questioned that, you know, I was in court. I was the only member of the media, Tim Dodd, that was in court yesterday afternoon because since they won't allow any type of video, uh, and again, I'm not speaking as a representative or anything, but no Providence Journal, no Boston Globe, no Channel 6, and then Channel 10 was there for a little while in the morning, but then not even Channel 10. So I think the family felt, gee, you know, here's the most important part of this was the trial itself. And it's it's virtually getting no coverage. I believe if they allowed just the pull camera in, that that would be sufficient that, you know, I think maybe there'd be more coverage. But it's my understanding. You're saying Judge Krause, his basic policy, he doesn't even allow the pull camera in. I don't remember him ever doing okay. it. And yeah. he last judge who I think would be open to it, not speaking for the judge, but, you know, he's pretty traditional, you know, no nonsense law and order type of judge. He does get the toughest cases. He gets the gun cases. The gun cases are usually, you know, involve some of the more horrific facts that you're going to get because of the gun violence and, you know, murders and things of this nature. Um, But you're right, John. It does perhaps cool the interest of yeah. uh, the local stations to cover this. You, I know, you've been on this story since the <laughs> jump. You've been all over this, and you've been yeah. all over other provocative stories that the rest of the media seems to um, have less interest in, inexplicably have less interest in, and you've been on this um, justifiably bringing forth and lots of and keeping the story in the public's um, in the public eye, if you will, which I think is important because of the nature of the crime and the tragedy that befell Maya. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal analyst attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730, J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway, it's affordable, smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused j perry paving a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs no matter how big how small contact them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 what a difference it makes for your driveway for your business parking lot j Letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, online at jperrypaving.com, and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with our legal analyst at the attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, the um, Rhode Island Republican Party has now asked the Rhode Island Ethics Commission to get involved with this, uh, well, first you had the famous trip to Philadelphia, and now this story that it, it first kind of broke back in April, but now it's really evolving this week 
as far as this luncheon of Governor McKee and having at the Capitol Grill with the people that apparently were in town from Philadelphia and then also, uh, you know, the lobbyists is involved. I'm just curious. So the people from Philadelphia come to town and they're having lunch with the governor and his fundraiser and the lobbyist, Jeff Britt, when now the governor is kind of arguing in the media uh, and, and taking different tacks with, with the lobbyist. But it goes back to the Ethics Commission. And if you could just touch on the legalities involved with the Rhode Island Ethics Commission. Well, the, the Ethics Commission has, you know, the, they can initiate an investigation. They can respond to a complaint. I believe that the Republican Party has filed a formal complaint against yep. Governor McKee. Part of the ethical rules that are in place in Rhode Island is that, you know, an elected official cannot accept um, a gift of cash or anything in kind, such as a meal or a pair of sneakers, um, if it the value exceeds $25. So anything under 25, I guess, is considered, you know, a petty expense or de minimis. If it's over 25 bucks, um, there's got to be a um, ethics disclosure. Um, if you receive something of value worth more than 25 bucks, it seems to me the rules have to change because everything costs 25 bucks these days right. with, with inflation, et cetera. I mean, this is a situation where the governor is saying one set of things were known at the time he went to this lunch. Uh, Jeff Britt is suggesting a different set of facts. Um, certainly the Philadelphia firm involved here felt their treatment at all levels when dealing with the state of Rhode Island <laughs> warranted coming out and saying, what is this? This is what yeah. happened at this lunch. And this is what happened when these guys came down to Philadelphia. Boy, they got the full Rhode Island. Tim, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, the governor says I came to this lunch uh, to meet with Jeff and, you know, he's got his fundraiser there because these guys from Philadelphia show up with two checks each for 500 bucks to, to contribute to the McKee campaign. Wow. Um, so that and he that, did a thousand the night before. So, so big fundraisers for two thousand. You know, so these guys, I'm, I'm not sure what was suggested to them by their lobbyist, Jeff Britt. Uh, to come with checks, to come with an offering. I'm not sure what they were told. The governor is saying, I had no idea this was going to happen or that these guys wanted to talk about uh, the Armory Project. I thought we were just going to have lunch. Uh, and I thought I was just having lunch with Jeff and he was going to bring some checks. And I had Jerry Sahajan there to take the checks because he's my chief fundraiser. The real question is, did the governor know that these people from Philly were going to show up and basically yeah. pay for his attention at a lunch at the Capitol Grill? And they say, all right, here's a thousand bucks. Listen to us over a lunch. Right. That would be that perspective. Um, the governor says, I didn't know this was all happening. I had a busy schedule. I showed up as a courtesy. Jeff asked me to go to lunch. Boom, I go to lunch. I thought I was going to pick up a couple of checks and go on my way. Suddenly, I'm hit with these uh, people from Philadelphia essentially working me over about this um, deal for the armory. being involved in the armory. So who do you believe? Um, I'm not sure who one would believe in this situation. Um, Jeff Britt, you know, he's a very effective lobbyist. He's a very effective operator. He's had his um, problems, as we all know, over the years. It's, it's a matter of public record. Um, he has um, been found not guilty at the most significant issue that he had in the past. Um, some folks will believe him. Some folks won't believe anything he says. And the same was true with the governor. Some are going to believe him. Some aren't going to believe anything he says. So this is something for the Ethics Commission. In the main, the question will be, did the governor and his fundraiser fail to disclose, you know, that they're not supposed to be, well, the governor 
is supposed to be paying for the lunch. He's not supposed to be accepting the gift of a lunch paid by a lobbyist. So at the end of the day, you've got, I believe, a lunch which costs like $270 or something like that, that Brit paid for. Brit says, I never asked the um, campaign to reimburse me. The campaign never said, oh boy, we've got to reimburse Jeff. We can't just accept a free lunch here. And the two sides claim that it was an oversight. So what does the ethics commission do with that? I mean, at the end of the day, if they want to pursue it, it's probably worthy of a, a nominal fine to the to the McKee campaign, if that. Yep. And Tim Todd, I'm just the before we move on to the regular person out there. It it's it just certainly sounds like they it it comes across like they're selling access. And and the question is, some people may not realize it, but is that legal? I mean, it, it certainly comes off as okay. You want his attention? It's it's going to cost you two thousand dollars, and you got to pick up the you know the lunch, um, the ability to sell access. Well, that's that's certainly a debatable point. I mean, the yeah. governor and his fundraiser are going to deny that till the cows come home, and. Um, that's for the ethics commission to decide. But, you know, if the public wants to start, start parsing um, campaign contributions, I mean, that's, that's the mother's milk uh, of politics as it's been said, you know, um, money and money through lobbyists, money to influence um, policy decisions. Um, what happens when any politicians having a fundraiser? I mean, they're they're raising funds from people to support them. Sure. And look at Donald Trump. He said, "Hey, I used to contribute to everyone because I wanted to have influence when I wanted right. to do my projects." So right. it's it's this is a little peculiar because it's a small small potato sort of lunch, small value, but the optics of it are terrible. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't think it's anything unique in the world of politics okay. that this has happened. Okay. Um, moving on, Attorney General Peter Narona uh, announced this week he's bringing charges against the solar company. The CEO is already kind of punching back, but um, Tim Dodd, you know, for the Attorney General to make these types of accusations against the solar company and you know, kind of put himself out there a little bit. I'm just wondering, the, the, in your view, the, the merits of this case. Well, this is Peter Narona, uh, through enacted legislation, has a beefed up consumer protection unit. And um, he's certainly putting it to use in, in this case, for sure. Um, going after the solar company, uh, suggesting that they are engaged in uh, deceptive business practices. Apparently, the allegation is that uh, this this is a company that puts solar uh, roof panels, excuse me, solar panels on people's roofs. And the talking point is, oh, you're going to save a lot of money on electricity and there's federal tax credits. And even though it's going to cost you X to put these panels on your roof, you're going to get Y back from these federal programs. And in many circumstances, the money that was promised to be reimbursed from the federal government or these federal programs did not materialize. So people say I was duped into putting this uh, panel system on my roof. Others complained that somebody, I believe, had a contract that they were going to have something like 73 panels installed on their roof. And when the project was done, there were only like 23 panels, things of that nature. So Narona is saying this is a deceptive practice, which is a routine part of this business operation. That's the allegation. That's something yet to be proved. The um, president of this company says, listen, We've let other people out of the contracts because there's a three-day rescission period. Um, I think he said out of like 300 installs last year, four people complained, and those complaints were um, negotiated to a satisfactory resolution. So who's right here? I mean, the backdrop for this solar company 
is that the president was involved in a different business back in, I believe, 2020, uh, where he was improperly obtaining uh, credit information and other abuse of electronic data and paid something like a $9.8 million fine. So he says, hey, that's in the past. I took my punishment, but this is a new business. It's a new operation, and I should not be judged on my current conduct based upon what happened three years ago. So that's, you know, that's in the eye of the beholder, whether people think that that's relevant or not. But if Nerona can demonstrate that this is a systematic um, system of attempting to defraud people with false promises, false representations, um, and there's the link because there's being promises made about what people can recover from a federal program. Um, it's a case that may have legs, but it sounds like the uh, owner of this company is not going to take it laying down. He's suggesting that Narona is doing this to get publicity and score political points. Um, once again, that president has made his statement. Um, it's effective to the extent people think that this is being done as a political stunt by Narona. I'm not sure that it is, but the guy should say nothing further. He should let right. his lawyers deal with it. Um, I think what he said was fine. And thereafter he should shut it down and let his lawyers do their thing. <laughs> Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Folks, this is our legal uh, analyst. It's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, finally, what are we to make of this story? You have these children that have behavioral issues and learning disabilities. And this mother, they've actually brought uh, this suit that these local school districts. Uh, one in particular, they use this, it's, it's almost like a, a padded room to try to calm the child down. And the mother's complaining the number of times the child was, was put in this closet. It doesn't sound like it was a secret by any means, but um, what, what, I, what, what are we to make of this? It, it's, it's tough to know what to make of it, honestly, yeah. at this point. I mean, this is once again, North Kingston is one of the school districts where this was happening. And North Kingston's gotten knocked around in the last couple of years with some of its practices at its, um, its schools. But apparently it's, it's basically a closet that is padded. And if a child is acting up, they're placed for like a half hour or so in this padded closet, I guess, to help them to calm down. Now, there's a, this is at the school. It's a room. It's been outfitted to have padded interior walls. So it's got to be that this was a known practice that was going on in the school. Now, is that a policy that's condoned by the town or by the school committee or by the administration. Um, right now, the ACLU is bringing a cause of action. I believe there's four, the parents of four different children who have been yep. subjected to the padded uh, room closet have brought a cause of action for 
compensatory damages um, for economic lost, uh, excuse me, lost educational opportunities, not economic educational opportunities. It's a unique case. And, you know, with the backdrop of all the problems that North Kingston has had, is this a case where they're going to come to the table and say, okay, we'll take out the uh, padded closet as a disciplined uh, disciplinary technique. We'll pay you some money. Let's put this to bed. It seems to me that's the trajectory this is going to take. Um, it seems very odd that a school would be doing such a thing to students, even if they have behavioral problems. I mean, I don't know if the schools were at their wits end. Uh, my understanding is when these four uh, students left the schools in question, that no one else has been put into this padded closet. So I don't know the I don't know the extent of the disciplinary or behavioral problems that these young people might have presented to you know the school, the teachers, the administration. Um, I agree with you. It's I I can't imagine this was done without the knowledge of the teachers exactly. and the students. Yeah. They had to know and they had yeah, to think this secret. was okay. No, yeah. not at all. So the huh. question will be: Was this appropriate? Um, did the parents know, okay, your child's been a behavioral problem, we're going to start to use this disciplinary technique. I don't know what the discovery is going to show, but it's clearly a, um, probably not something parents would ever think their kids were going to be subjected to. Okay, you're acting up in the closet. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that parents would room. abide by that in a padded yeah. room. Yeah, the optics are bad. The what it connotes in terms of the child's behavior is bad, so this sounds like something that they should settle pretty quickly. The, the school well, school departments. Again, he is our legal analyst. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take. Care. Next time you have an emergency, think at Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atman urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atman urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, the trial has begun regarding Maya Brophy Behrman. Folks, we've been following this case since it happened August of 21 this was the young girl from Warwick everything going for her just uh senselessly gunned down shot mistaken identity in Providence the trial has begun let's listen to Channel 12's Matt Paddock I think had a good recap of it one of the two men accused of murdering her started today 12 news reporter matt paddock joins us now live outside of superior court with the latest matt well mike i was in the courtroom today as both sides gave their opening statements to the jury as judge kraus made it abundantly clear that there would be no cameras in the courtroom throughout the trial Opening statements in the trial of Isaiah Pinkerton, one of the two men accused of killing 24-year-old Maya Brophy Bierman in a drive-by shooting in August of 2021. Maya's boyfriend at the time, the man who called 911, as well as a former BCI detective, a Providence sergeant who responded to the scene that night, and Dr. Patricia Okra from the medical examiner's office all taking the stand today. During opening statements, we learned that the case had gone cold until December 12th of 2021, when Providence police conducted a routine traffic stop, pulling over Pinkerton and Mann, finding a ghost gun wrapped in a bandana and a backpack near where the two were pulled over. 
They were taken in for DNA and released. Pinkerton's DNA found on the gun, bandana, and backpack. From there, the database indicated a possible match to the gun that killed Maya. But the defense telling the jury today that the state cannot prove who was in the car, who was holding the gun, or who fired the shot at Maya. Now, two women who were involved in this case and gave statements to police are expected to testify in the coming days. Reporting live in Providence, Matt Paddock, 12 News. You know what just doesn't serve any purpose is that they're not allowing any video. It removes a lot of the elements of this case. This is not an easy case. This is not an easy case. They have two individuals. They're trying them separately. Uh, it's Pinkerton and this guy Mann. Now, his brother was shot and killed. Dante Mann, known as D-Mann. He was a rapper. That was October of 2020. And he was shot in the early morning hours, supposedly filming a rap video. So now you fast forward to last summer. There's a, a gang known as Eastside Gang, and they filmed a video mocking the fact that Dante Mann was shot and killed, and let alone there's also belief that they may have been behind shooting and killing him. So then now you have August 1st of 21, uh, less than a year after Dante Mann was shot and killed. He was a Southside Gang member. SOS Cap is what Pinkerton calls himself, which is Southside. Um, and South, uh, well, anyhow, gang members of South Providence. And so then they roll down and they believe they're, they believe in their twisted mind, they're avenging the murder of the, the rapper, Dante Mann, who was shot and killed October of 2020. Now, his brother, Sean Mann, was in the car, but they're, they're not wrong that they're alleging that there was the two of them in the vehicle. It was Pinkerton and Mann. Now, that's very, uh, obviously, huge news that they had a traffic stop. They actually find the weapon. Um, I, I don't like to try to say whether a criminal is smart or not smart, but it does seem unimaginable that they didn't get rid of the weapon. If they had gotten rid of that gun... Then they stop them, but there's nothing tying them to it. So this could come down to forensics on the murder weapon, on the gun. And I think it's an interesting argument. I hope it's not successful that you can't prove who was in the car and you can't prove who it is that pulled the trigger. I'll, I'll be very interested to see how the state is going to combat that. But... Um, these are individuals now again we'll, we'll see what the other testimony is and there are some people these are very dangerous individuals but i want to come back to judge kraus made the decision in not allowing any type of footage or anything like that i i i don't see how that serves the public i think in many ways it it serves the gang members that are on trial because i think it keeps it under wraps i can tell you it's very difficult for the family of maya brophy Bearman yesterday when you know they had the police body cam video of the first officer arriving on the scene and her friend after she was shot they didn't know if the guys were coming back so he he dragged her across the street and was bringing her inside and in the 911 call you can hear poor maya you know she's crying she's hurt and ultimately she's dying and then you can hear the officer describing when he arrived on the scene. Uh, it was just a, a very chaotic scene, but they didn't know were they coming back. I mean, it's something as simple and innocent as two people saying goodnight at the end of the night. Our car slows down and then speeds up, and then there's four shots, and they don't hit him. They hit her, and then she is, you know, literally dying right there on the scene as then they're trying to, uh, get a rescue over there and then the police responding i mean the whole thing is just uh it, it was very very difficult they had the autopsy yesterday um listen it's difficult stuff to look at but i i will argue against the judge i don't think it serves the purpose of the public to not be able to see some of this stuff because i think in some ways it it diminishes the case and the case doesn't get the type of attention that it should get so I will be in the courtroom later. 
Um, and then from what I understand, now this is the first I've learned about this yesterday, that there's a witness that has come forward and she's interested in the reward. And as many of you know, um, I was instrumental in getting that reward of $100,000 together. So I'm interested to see this individual who I've had no contact with. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy You're listening to the John DePietro Show It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM You can always listen online at the website DePietro.com So something very significant came out in the Providence Journal story about this whole situation with Governor McKee and these people from Philadelphia And I'm not sure it's going to get the proper attention that it should, but I believe it's very significant. And that is we learned that when these individuals first met Governor McKee, it was at a luncheon at the Capitol Grill in January. And then who did he bring along with him? Jerry Shehazen, head of his fundraising. Folks, I want you to just step back for a moment. You know, these are think of the message that they are sending forward. Why? Why is the governor of Rhode Island? And, and by the way, any politician for that matter, but let's just stay with the governor. Why is he showing up at a luncheon with people that, you know, want to do business with the state, want a $50 million contract with the state, and who does he show up with? His fundraising guy. What message does that send? That is a message of pay to play. I know the McKee people don't like it when I say that. There's no other way to interpret that. Why, why you, what is the purpose of showing up with your campaign guy? It's to solicit donations and solicit money. And that is crystal clear. That should be investigated. I believe more and more, the reason why the state was not going to do business with these people from Philadelphia is there was an expectation that they were going to pay, um, because nothing else makes sense. Nothing else makes sense of, of why you would be why you would be doing that. And there were many other individuals. I, as I've said, I have no idea why the Republican Party is silent. I realize why you know members of the Democrat Party are silent. But if you're a business person and you're going to and they're meeting this is the first time they're sitting down with the governor. First time they're sitting down with them, first time they're gonna meet with them. I I don't know if it should be over luncheon, but, you know, what have you, whatever, with their lobbyist. That's a questionable relationship between their lobbyist and also the campaign. Look at the way it's intertwined. They have a lobbyist. McKee has his campaign guy. This is the ultimate one hand washes the other. This is how you get things done, right? This This is a pay to play. And if you go back in time, if this was a CNC move, People would be screaming from the rooftops. They would be. Come on, what is this? First of all, the you know the lobbyist is there. They they were directed to go to him, and then he arranges the luncheon. And then at the luncheon, they're meeting. Oh, we're going to get to meet the governor. We're going to get to have lunch with the governor. And then who's sitting next to the governor? His fundraising guy. Boy, what message does that send? Did they send? And this is someone that's going to walk you through the process. Make sure, you know, whatever you need done or no. Did, is he with his legal counsel? No. Is he with anyone that could help them with 
you know, what they're trying to get accomplished with this Cranston Street Armory. No, who's he's with? His fundraiser, Shahajan. That, that is beyond slippery. That is sending a message of a pay-to-play. So these people, they, they thought, okay, we better donate. So there were two of them. They each gave 500 that, that's not how much they were looking for. They were looking for a lot more than that. Oh, really? You want $50 million from the state? Well, maybe you need to put together a fundraiser for, and raise about $50,000 if you want to make this happen. I think it sets a very dangerous precedent. For the life of me, I have no idea. Uh, but if I, And I get the, the feeling that this is commonplace. And it's wrong. It is a pay-to-play atmosphere. You're sending the wrong message. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today. 401-739-1322. Free consultation. 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year, maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at depetro.com And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, depetro.com This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. 